And here we go. I'm Shivan Putt. I'm Phil DeLuca. And we are Commanderin. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. Oh, yeah. The true fact is we talk about these three all the time. Well, maybe not Hearthstone yet, but I'm sure I'll get these guys on board one day. (laughs) Listeners, we would really love it if you guys gave us five-star ratings on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to these podcasts, because that helps other people find this podcast as well. The better ratings we get, the higher we show up in the search feed, and that makes it better for everybody. Yep. And feel free to visit patreon.com forward slash commander and MTG and toss us a buck a show. We're entirely a listener supported and funded show. And these things do end up costing quite a bit of money to host and edit. And we would love to have your support. Even as little as a buck a show helps. Cap yourself at a couple of bucks a month. Don't go over your budget unless you're one of our crazy patrons. And feel free (laughs) to help us help you bring better commander content to the community at large. Yeah. And if you are a crazy patron, we have a chat room on Facebook where uh, people who've donated $10 or more per episode get to join us and chat with us. We were chatting with them this morning. And in fact, for this episode, we have a couple of contributions from them. Yeah, it's really great. It's a really fun community. And we really genuinely thank all of them for helping us stay on the air. Yeah, you're amazing, folks. You're absolutely amazing. And don't forget to visit us on YouTube at also Commander and MTG. Comment, rate our videos, give us the likes and the subscribes, and watch all of the videos we have because we're trying to bring more video content to you. Because I know there's people like me who actually just watch this stuff at work, throw it on a different tab, and listen to the podcast via YouTube. And we want to make sure that all of you guys are getting served as well. So today, we have a wonderful (laughs) show lined up, which is going to be a neat one that I've always enjoyed doing. A set re-review from the classic days. Yeah. What are we going to be talking about today, Phil? Today, we are going to be talking about the Lorwyn set. Ah, fantastic set. Recently, uh, it and its uh, sister block have gotten a lot of uh, publicity, higher profile, because of all the negative one, negative one counters. Yeah, it turns out Shadowmore block is super good with Amonkhet, but... That's for the next re-review show, because I have a lot to talk about for that set. But first... Yeah, Lorwyn itself, there, when, I couldn't believe, Shiva, when we were going through this, how many staples there are from just the Lorwyn block. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Just Not even the block, just the first set alone. There's so many yeah. cards that you see are just like fundamental building blocks of like EDH staples, and it's weird. It was really, really... I, I was not expecting it because I've never played the Lorwyn set when it came out, and I didn't realize how many of these cards I just use every day. Yeah. But first, we have a bit of news. That's right. So, astute listeners are aware that once upon a time, we had a bunch of playmats for sale. Well, now we have fewer playmats for sale, <laughs> and we're looking to clear out our supply. For the month of November and December... We're going to change shipping to $2.50 flat rate for the United States. Order as many playmats as you'd like, 
and it's all the same price. So if you order two, three, four, five playmats, it's all just going to be $2.50 shipping. And this is inspired by someone who gave a playmat to each of the members of his meta by wow. ordering, yeah, right? By ordering <laughs> a couple of uh, copies of the playmats, he was able to outfit his entire meta with these playmats. So please. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And I wanted to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to do that because the shipping rate we've been using, it covers the shipping costs, but it's a little bit high. And so I want to make sure that we both clear the inventory and give people the access that they want. As always, people who order playmats will get a free Deadeye Navigator signed by Phil and Sean or a free Godfarer's gift signed by me because, of course, Shivam was but a glimmer in our eye at the time. <laughs> and and uh, at the for, for the Deadeye Navigator and then for Godfarer's gift, Sean and Shivam had both gone back to their quote-unquote homes. <laughs> and uh, so... I'm the only one who's able to sign that. And so think of it as a collector's item goal. Like your goal is to get our signatures at whatever GPs we appear at. And lucky folks will get a foil version of those cards. So head on up to commanderandmtg.com slash our products and order yours today. I don't want to sound like a typical TV, uh, you know, special offer person, Shivam, but really supplies are limited. So get your orders in fast. My personal preference, I really like our classic black one, but we have yeah. both the black one and the Vegas one, so you should check them out. Yeah. We signed all three of the playmats, too, which is pretty cool. That's right, we did. There's actually only one playmat out that has no signatures on it except mine, and it was the first one ever bought by John in my work meta. That's cool. Yeah. It's kind of kind of weird. I think he wants one with all three, so I'm going to exchange it, and then... I don't know what I'll do with that. Otherwise. Hang it on your <laughs> closet door. <laughs> yeah, because I need more. This is um, fill space. <laughs> <laughs> I need more soundproofing here like you did. <laughs> Dude, soundproofing your hall with a bunch of playmats is awesome for soundproofing. <laughs> However, it smells really terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know fresh playmat smell, but it's not my favorite smell in the world. No, fresh playmat smell is terrible. It's formaldehyde. It's oh, like my cutting gracious. open a dead frog all over again. Anyways. Yeah. So in <laughs> other news, I'm going to China for the next three weeks. By the time listeners hear this, actually, I'll have been in China for about a week. I'm going uh, personally to see the League of Legends World Championship in Beijing, so it's going to be awesome. And then I'll be in Hong Kong for a week, and there I'll have better internet access. While I'm in China, I'm not going to have any practical internet access. And in the meantime, Shivam is going to be doing the editing and releasing. Yay, Shivam! <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, we'll see if any podcasts get out, guys. If you heard this, it worked. <laughs> yes, the the act of hearing this is its own <laughs> confirmation of the test. So. Uh, and then I think a combination of you and Sean will be handling Twitter and Facebook accounts for the podcast. So, Yeah, unfortunately, Sean wasn't able to be with us today, but uh, we look forward to having him again on the next episode, which should be really fun. Good luck, Sean. Now, Shivam... Uh, you and I, certainly, we, we play a, a game on occasion, and I play at least one game a week with my uh, league meta. But we, I think we want to hear from the listeners how the Planeswalker legendary rule is affecting them. You know, are you using more ch Planeswalkers than you did before? How is, how is yeah, it changing I mean, the way you play Commander? That would be a really interesting question. I know I've seen quite a few people do the fun uh, Oops All Gideon's decks, 
And certainly, I would love to hear from all of our listeners who like to play with Atraxa, for instance, who have been trying to do the uh, Mega Planeswalker Super Team decks. Has this been a neat change for you guys? Have you had like three Chandras in a row? Uh, let us know. Yeah, what's the craziest board state? Has anybody actually gotten all seven Gideons out? I don't know if I've seen all seven Gideons out, but I've definitely seen four Gideons out, all with <laughs> indestructibility. And you're just sitting there going, come on, this is... This is silly. <laughs> it's so, yeah. It looks really cool, though. It looks really, really cool when you're sitting on the other side of it, but it's also really exceedingly silly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, think about how ridiculous it would be with, like, four Jaces in play. But, you know, such is life. <laughs> then you play in Garrick's Wake, and they cry, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have wanted to build a Planeswalker deck forever, but I know it's just like everybody does it. I'm just kind of feeling that My itch. My problem is that everybody does the Planeswalker deck with Atraxa, which means that all the other Atraxa decks I want to build get killed on sight because everybody thinks I'm playing Oops All Planeswalkers. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to make a better cave deck. That's all. I just want tokens all day long. What is so wrong with that? What is so <laughs> wrong, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love tokens. That's basically all I play these days anyway. <laughs> you know what else I've I've always wanted to build? Mm. Doran, the Siege Tower. Yes. And where did Doran come and, from? Uh, yes. Now, Doran, and, and this is truthful. It just happens to be a, a, a good way in. It's it, He, of course, comes from Lorwyn, the set. Yeah. So. When I was going over the set to do the gatherer search to find cards to use, I was like, I didn't even realize Doran came from this set. He's so I good. Know. I know. But yeah, so moving into our yes. main topic, the retro set review for Lorwyn. Mm-hmm. So our, our first retro set review, Shivam, as you undoubtedly recall, is uh, <laughs> was the Invasion set all the way back in episode number 11. And we can include the link to that in the show notes. But listeners, go take a listen to that. I think you'll appreciate it. And that was almost a hundred episodes that you're back, ago. It was 104 episodes ago by the time this airs. It's crazy. Wow. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Congratulations on making it this and, far. Uh, <laughs> Here's to another 104. <laughs> but no more. Yes. that. And, you know... Back then, I recorded at my dining room table, and I made my family stay quiet. <laughs> you now all I do to the closet. <laughs> yes, I just banish myself to the closet now. But I do turn off the air conditioning, so it gets hot in here. So hey. <laughs> anyway, back to Lorwyn. Lorwyn was released on October twelfth, two thousand seven. This was on my self-imposed exile, by the way. Same here during the interregnum. Oh my goodness. Um, I was so afraid of getting back into magic and because I figured I would have to spend or I would end up spending thousands of dollars. Oh, hmm. wait. Yeah, about that. Hang on a second. I need to put this whole box of the full set of Kaladesh inventions (laughs) away. Uh, Give me a moment. I'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah. Did you end up getting a full set of inventions? I'm getting very close. I'm like, I think about two thirds of the way there on the inventions and I've got like maybe 12 cards left for the Zendikar lands. And I have zero of the Amonkhet ones because I don't like any of them. But, uh, yeah, no, thousands of dollars. I hear that. Boy, do I hear that. <laughs> so, hey, hey, kids, what you should practice is trading I don't and negotiating understand. so that you can 
buy a booster pack and end up with a full collection of alpha cards uh only a few you short years later instead of doing people? what <laughs> and then yeah exactly what Shiva and I do unfortunately is we uh take food from our children's mouths you know what Elsa did in this set horde of notions that's the notion <laughs> of trading your cards away and the horde that you end up with because you don't <laughs> did you know Shivam? Speaking of hordes of cards, that Lorwyn had 301 cards That's in it. That's a pretty decent size. 80 set. rares. It is. 80 rares, 80 uncommons, 121 commons, and 20 basic lands. It was the first set in a two-set block, and Eventide was the other set. And Lorwyn block is the first block in a mega block, so it's sort of like this nesting set block Yeah, it was a really weird series. grass environment and a really weird idea that ended up kind of cool. With uh, the other half being Shadowmoor and Eventide. The first half was uh, Lorwyn and Morningtide, not uh, Eventide. Oh, did yeah. I make... Oh, Lorwyn, yeah, you're right. Lorwyn you're and right. Morningtide, Shadowmoor and Eventide. And it was a really neat kind of fairies and Celtic mythology-based set with, like, the Kithkin and Tree Folk and lots of just fairy tale creatures from Celtic mythology. A really, really cool idea. But it was so cutesy and kind of just bizarre that it didn't resonate with the audience. However, us commander players love the Lorwyn block because of all the amazing yeah. cards for our format that came out of here. Yep. The uh, design team on this set give the designers some props here. Aaron Forsyth was the lead. Mark Rosewater was on the design team. Paul Sotosanti, Brady Dahmermuth, Nate Heiss. And uh, the developers were Devin Lowe, who was the lead at the time. Bill Rose, now uh, VP of R&D, right? I believe he was VP of R&D then, too. Wow, that's crazy. Matt Place, Henry Stern, Mike Turian, and Doug Byer. Doug Byer, of course, now in the creative team. So why is Lorwyn extra special for us, especially, <laughs> Why is this set more special than the... I mean, <laughs> well, for one thing, the thing that was <laughs> most interesting about Lorwyn for Magic in general is that it introduced the Lorwyn 5, the first Planeswalkers in Magic. Completely yeah. unrelated to the story or setting of the block at all. <laughs> they, I don't even know if they it were was. even on Lorwyn, but they were there. No. And actually, some of them are still some of my favorite Planeswalkers. There was a Johnny Goldman, Jace Bellerin, Liliana, Chandra Nalar, and Garrick Wildspeaker. I keep wanting to say Garuk, but they keep yelling at me for that. I know. But Garrick Wildspeaker yeah. is still super, super good. Like, I would still play that Planeswalker today without a problem. And Yeah, yeah, and he, he's in many of my green yeah, decks. Yeah, I believe we'll even be talking about him later. Hmm, spoilers. No, but uh, <laughs> a Johnny Goldman, though, he's also really, really fantastic in this set because he put all your 1-1 counters on it, gave you life gain. The Chandra, obviously, every Chandra is terrible. Uh, the first Jace was pretty good. And the first Liliana was also, uh, it's okay, right? It wasn't terrible. Yeah. It was fine. It did the job. Yeah. Ajani and Garrick see a lot more play than any of these yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think I just ordered a couple of Ajani. See, here we go, <laughs> children. No. So I just put Ajani in. This is the one that generates yes. the counters, right? Yeah. I put that in my counters deck, Anafensa, where I, I decided to up the uh, budget just a little bit in order to make Anafensa more Anafenza. useful. She is such a cool... Like, yeah. I think that's a deck I want to build. I've been talking about that for like three years, but someday I will. <laughs> yeah. You have like 37 decks being brewed right now. Hey, man, my, my Hapatra deck is almost done, and then I'm going to move on to the next <laughs> one. 
Like, <laughs> I think I need to get a Gaia's Cradle, but now that I have Itlamok Cradle of the Sun, I probably don't need one. Yeah, I would say Itlamok is, well, anyway. Itlamok <laughs> is, is really good. good. <laughs> it's a good substitute budget Gaia's Cradle if you can't afford one, which really, let's be honest, none of us can afford one. So... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Lorwyn was great, and there was a lot of really great legendary cards that came out of this block, and a lot of really great utility cards that came out of this block. So, why don't we go into our main topic and talk about our favorite cards from the Lorwyn block? Yeah, let's do it. How did we go about doing this? Well, we picked the, our top five favorite cards from the set, and we're going to go from number five down to number one. Oh, look at the one you selected. That's so evil. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay, so the first card that I picked for this, number five, is Nath of the Guilt Leaf. Three black and a green for a five converted mana cost, a legendary creature, Elf Warrior, that we should really all be familiar with because he's one of the more popular EDA generals. And he's also one of the more popular ones that everybody just hates. He's a 4 4, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you have a target opponent, you may have target opponent discard a card at random. Good old him to Turok <laughs> every turn. And when an opponent discards a card, you get to put a 1 1 elf warrior into play. I love this guy. He is so cool. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, it's only half a him yeah, to Turok, but you do get it it's, every it's turn. It's a hum to Turok. And, <laughs> and we have a tradition of pronouncing him Nath of the Guilt Leaf because Nate built this amazing deck and it was the most oppressive <laughs> yeah, God, and, this... and least fun deck to play, although God, he still I love made it. I mean, fun. this guy... I would, it's so good because you can use all the black and green elves. You can do a super fun deck, but that yeah. first power just leads you down terrible, terrible places. Because you know what other card was in oh. this set? Thoughtsies and all of those friends. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, let's just make everybody punt their hand. And you could probably play this with Marin in combination and start bringing things back from your graveyard. And I mean, Nath is just an incredible card. Just incredible. Yeah, it really is. How does this work with uh, Mind Twist? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> now That is dumb. Because Mind Twist says you discard, you know, X cards. <laughs> it, it's, it, Mind Twist is a sorcery for X and, and a black, and it says target opponent discards X cards. And so with Nath of the Guilt Leaf, you fire that mind twist at somebody, make them discard their hand of seven cards, and now you get seven one one green elf warrior creature tokens. This so dumb. Ta-da. This is so so yeah, silly. It's wonderful. I mean And you combine it with Megroom and things like that. But we shouldn't we have a whole we have an episode, I think, where we talk about Nath of the Guilt Leaf. So Yeah, I mean there's a million that. things you could do. Uh what was that card that would the black card that was made by the fans in, I think, M15 that let you, like, discard. Waste not. Yes. Waste not with Nath is just stupid. Anyways, you guys <laughs> should go check it out. And Nath is great. Nath is going to make your friends really just unhappy. But it's fun playing at least one time. <laughs> yeah. And even though this art would not make it into a modern, <laughs> a current magic set, I should say, I love how in the background there are all these shadowy figures who are the elves. Or the zombies <laughs> from Waste Not. <laughs> yeah, or the zombies from Waste Not, exactly. Oh, man, I love anything. this card. Uh, my card is also 
kind of a janky commander, although it's janky in a different way. It's Ashling the Pilgrim. This is not my number five. For one and a red, you get a legendary creature, Elemental Shaman. Hey, Elemental Tribal, Shaman Tribal. No one ever builds no. that with her. You get, and she's one, one. And for one and a red, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on Ashling the Pilgrim. If this is the third time this ability has resolved this turn, remove all plus one, plus one counters from Ashling the Pilgrim, and it deals that much damage to each creature and each player. Build your own pyroclasm. <laughs> it's fantastic. The The jokey deck, and I actually heard this on the Command Cast, one of the first and oldest Commander podcasts out there, where the joke was Ashling and 99 Mountains, because all you really care about is getting Ashling to the point where you can just detonate her every turn. <laughs> if you... Uh, my take on that was Ashling and 69 Mountains because I decided I wanted to put some lifelink in here and so Batterskull <laughs> is in the deck and also and also protection from red so that Ashling can put on some special boots or a cloak and not take damage when Ashling herself detonates because of course you do that much damage to each player and creature and that includes Ashling. But with pro red like a certain sword gives and a couple of other enchantments and artifacts. Oh god. You just got to bomb every turn. <laughs> just a bomb every turn. And by that point, if you're putting three plus one plus one counters on her, you've got six mana available to do that every turn. And you're probably making a land drop because she still ends up with like 40 lands. She's just like a, a powder keg. <laughs> yep. She just, she just keeps going off and exploding. And in order to avoid that commander tax, which was the big problem with Ashling and 99 Mountains, you basically don't have a commander tax if she has pro red. And then uh, what my most <laughs> my most amusing use of her was I detonated her for like seven points and she had batter skull on so it killed her but I got the lifelink off of 18 creatures taking seven <laughs> points of damage at which point my opponent just conceded because <laughs> I killed all of his tokens there was no way around that yeah so Ashling one of my favorite that cards is, from the that set that is some nonsense man all right let's move on to number four. <laughs> My number four is the great Doran the Siege Tower. For Abzan, basically, a black, green, and white. (laughs) I believe this might have even been one of the first or earliest Abzan commanders. Certainly, it was definitely one of the most popular for a long time, before Abzan even had a name. And Doran is still one of the most popular commanders because he is an O5. You're right, an O5. Why is that any good? Well, this legendary creature, Treefolk Shaman, who is also in the Shaman Tribal with Ashling... This whole deck was, I mean, this whole block was just tribal all day long. But Doran, each creature assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. This card (laughs) is great. And over the years... You get a 5-5 five, five for 3 mana, and she you even. can make it so dumb. You can play <laughs> all of your crazy, like, Defenders Matters cards. And, like, dudes who have just, like, the dinosaur that just came out that's a 1-8 or something like that, you know, suddenly it's an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah. I mean, there are a million ways that people have made Doran decks that are just incredible with lots and lots of ways to boost your toughness. Like, one of my favorite old cards, Castle, the enchantment from Alpha. Which lets you... You're funny. That's great. Yeah, because Castle the Enchantment from Alpha lets you say all of your untapped creatures get plus zero, plus two. And that means that, like, suddenly you're just bouncing... You're giving plus two, plus two to basically all your dudes. And there's just other ways that 
all these terrible old cards that used to do things like, oh, you know, pay one white to give zero and plus zero plus one, right? Everybody's like, why would I need to buff my toughness? Well, what happened was Richard Garfield knew that Doran was going to come someday. So he seeded magic with all of these wonderful jank cards that would make your dudes incredibly yeah. huge. I love Doran. I love, yeah. love, love Doran. Yeah. Now, actually, patron Andy Bentelay also loves Doran. Doran was the first card that got him into command. I mean, I believe that. We That's were talking great, about that this morning. What a great yeah. card to do, too. For me, I mean... My first card was freaking Rafik, which nobody's ever let me play. So Doran's at least a better, at least people will let you play Doran without being, hating you out of the game. <laughs> well, my number four choice does not really synergize with not, Doran not at too all, much. but does synergize with decks that play <laughs> lands. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And yeah. And it, so it's Garrick Wildspeaker. We talked about him briefly uh, for two and two green, four converted mana cost total. You get a Planeswalker with three loyalty and Garrick's first ability is plus one untapped two target lands. That's ridiculous. Astute listeners will notice he didn't say two target basic lands. That's right. That's right. So if you really want to, you can untap. I mean, what's the, what's the downside here? The down, like the, 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 the floor of this is two bounce lands so you get four extra mana for that you or know, cradle of itlamok or any of 10 million exactly. cards <laughs> or your brand new uh what is it uh as not as Kanta. oh um, yes legion's landing or i mean yeah you're you're properly built <laughs> kildora and outpost. i mean the thing is even with <laughs> things like you know the nyx uh the the shrine that gives you mana uh like oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Cabal Coffers. Let's be real here. You can pick your choice of your two favorite land, and in our format, there's always going to be something stupid you can do with Garrick. And that's only his first ability. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to find room for Garrick in Rith because I really haven't spent a lot of time with Rith. But Rith runs both Gaia's Cradle and uh, mm. Cradle of the Sun, Itlamok's uh, growing rights of Itlamok, whatever it's really called on the front side. Those are two. Target lands no I'd kidding. like to untap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I've got an exponential amount of uh, I mean, creatures on the board, if you guys have ever played sure, the cube on Magic Online, you know that there's something just dumb about going like, okay, well, I tap Tolarian Academy, and then I use Garrick and untap it and do it again. And it's just like, oh, that is not nice. <laughs> that is not nice at all. Yeah, that's beautiful. He yeah, has no, some I need to get abilities. one of these for my <laughs> Titania but, deck, but... Yeah, no, uh, his negative one, go ahead. Uh, yeah, his other abilities are negative one, put a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token into play. That's okay. And then his minus four is really, eh, I mean, it's okay in a pinch, but you'll never get to it. It's creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and gain trample until but, end of turn. I mean, yeah, you, you get it literally the next turn if you really needed to. But let's be real, you're just going to be untapping lands all day long. So good. Yeah. Yes. He's like a yes, super mana is. rock. Mana rock. Just like big anger, like <laughs> me hit you with rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Moving down to number three. Oh, your next one is This is one of the coolest bright. cards once I figure out how to use it. <laughs> it's a three casting cost artifact yeah. called Rings of Bright Hearth. Whenever you play an activated ability, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay two. If you do, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for this copy. This card is bonkers. 
this card is so absurd. <laughs> I mean, you can do... Uh, this is like the basis of so many different infinite combos that it's not even funny. I mean, what have I done with this? I've made like thousands of thopters with this guy. I, I mean, it's in my Brea deck, which is all sorts of weird tinkery combo-y things. And this thing is just silly. But it's not even just artifact. It's any activated yeah. ability. Like, theoretically, you could... Couldn't you double the untapping of Garrick? Or is that not an ability? Uh, it is an activated yeah. ability. You could untap that. You could use his plus one and then pay two and then untap two more lands. Yeah. You can get a whole bunch of infinite mana combos off of I Mana mean, Vault. With they're this just, too. yeah, Mana Vault. I mean, I guess that's a <laughs> traditional one, right? Like Mana Vault and Basalt Monolith. Like Basalt Monolith and Rings of Brightheart is one of the yeah. classic infinite mana combos because Basalt taps for three and gives you three mana. Or rather, it taps to give you three mana and then you pay three mana to untap it. But you use those two floating mana to double it. And so you can untap it and get like net four mana or something like that. And it's just, you can go to town. Yeah. Like this card will let you do so many silly things in so many different ways. And it's just such <laughs> a underused and super fun card. <laughs> I mean, it goes to jank town really quickly. Yeah. yeah. So I do not have this in Marath, even though I probably should. It would uh, encourage me to make bigger tokens, but I just don't do it. I think I do have it in Rith though, because hey, let's double those tokens again. Speaking of another Lorwyn Block All-Star, <laughs> I use this guy in Reese the Redeemed, so you can just get more, you know, oh, tokens. Yeah. It's just, it's such a utility yep. useful card because it says any activated ability, not just like artifact activated abilities, but like anything. Oh God, I love this card. <laughs> it's a shame it doesn't work well with my number three, which is Vigor for three and green, 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 six converted mana cost, you better get a lot for six converted mana cost, right? You get an elemental incarnation, six, six with trample. That's pretty good, but still not good enough. If damage would be dealt to a creature you control other than vigor, prevent that damage. Oh boy. What? what? But wait, there's more. Put a plus one, plus one <laughs> counter on that creature for each one damage prevented I've this I've never way. read this card before. That is absurd. Oh, <laughs> shave him. It's, this is a card. Oh my goodness. This what is amazing. What the hell? Why have I not been playing with this yeah. card? It's, it's got the head of a water buffalo with ibises roosting on it and then You know, I'm all about turtle that. I love shell. water buffalo. And this is silly. <laughs> this is silly. It has it has one more thing. When it's put into a graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it into its owner's library. So you need to beware because this guy's going to get exiled. You never attack with him. Oh, no. He just and, sits there and does dumb things. Yeah. But you need a sack outlet in order to keep uh, shenanigans <laughs> from happening. Wow. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shiva him. I... This guy's yeah, amazing. Yeah, goodness gracious. That is some... Th that can get really out of control in literally any deck he shows up in like the only time i could think of not using yeah. this is hapatra because that would basically obliterate the whole point because it's all negative one negative one counters but my goodness this is dumb <laughs> oh yeah but yeah you want the negative one negative one counters ideally on your opponent's creatures but obviously you're putting them on whatever wow, you can this is just great but this, this is great. what this does yeah this actually facilitates a negative and with one negative like, one counter you know, your doubling deck. seasons and all of those guys you can just go to town well, yeah, but in, in which case you're not using the negative one, negative one counters. No, but not still. so much. No, Dude. I'm just looking at this card and I'm just imagining like my ideal Simic deck with all of the plus one, plus ones moving around or in Gave, 
in games, this is probably just so dumb. Yeah. This <laughs> is so cool. I have won the game with Vigor before. He's it's it's really oh, a charming card. <laughs> and it's a, if damage would be dealt to a creature you control. So theoretically, that's like the fungus or ability or the enrage ability from Ixalan, right? Yeah. So you could put this into like one of your dinosaur decks. Yep. And just like any number of things that are just plinking your own guys for yep. fungus or abilities. And it's just, wow, wow. I want to go brew like a million decks right now. This is <laughs> dumb. <laughs> yeah. Go go brew go brew those decks and we'll test them and uh, and then go buy the vigor because vigor is up he's around sixteen dollars. Right oh yeah, I, I understand that now. <sighs> it makes sense, doesn't it? All oh, of a sudden, my you're goodness like, gracious! Oh, this card I've always passed over and ignored is sixteen dollars. Why? I'll never bother. Yeah. No, no, no. He's a game winner. All right. Well, moving <laughs> to our number two. My number two is actually a family of cards, not just the one. I just picked one because I like the yeah. art for this one. Vivid Grove and its other Vivid Lands, which are just so fundamental to EDH. What it is, is it comes to play with two charge counters on it, and it taps for, well, this one specifically taps for a green, but they uh, there's one for each of the colors. And then you can tap it to remove a charge counter from Vivid Grove and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. These are some of the great mm-hmm. mana fixers in the game, because the fact that it's always good for whatever you need in a pinch, and when it's out of counters, you can always just use it as a basic land of that type, so it's still useful, unlike, you know, Tendo Ice Bridge or some of the other ones that have been, like, just taps and doesn't, like, once the counters are gone, it's done, and you pitch it. This guy's at least got the basic land ability, and it's so key in any cut deck that's got more than, like, three colors, three, four, five color decks, you want to run as many Vivids as you can. These yeah. things are just gorgeous lands with gorgeous art, and fantastic. Yeah, these for a long time, these were staples in all of my three color decks. And I used them so heavily that I'd pull the charge counters off. And I ended up feeling a little bit sour about them because I'm like, oh, they don't they don't have enough charge counters. But now you can just put charge counters on them all day with certain other cards exactly. and proliferate and stuff like that. So, yeah, and they're they're big players. They're linchpins in my deck, my dragons deck in the league, oh, yeah. right? It, when a, when I see a vivid, well, I'm I mean so these lands happy. are just they're just <laughs> such pure like role players. Like this is, I mean, I would say that the vivid lands deserve to be in the box of like you know commander in anybody's commander tool chest. Like as in just like these are permanent utility cards that should be in any deck that can run them. There's no reason to not put at least one vivid in yep. if you're playing a couple of different colors. Totes agree, as the kids would say. Oh these man, days. you have a good card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the vivids really help cast this thing because it's brutal casting like, cost yeah like vigor it requires you be in on that color and it's cryptic command for one and for one and blue 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 nobody plays for converted command. mana cost yeah nobody plays you probably this. pick this card up for a couple of gumballs yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's down from its $25 high, that's for sure. It's an instant, and you get to choose two from four different modes. Counter target spell, which you almost always see when Cryptic Command is, is out. Return target permanent to its owner's hand and unsummon. Yeah, it's a... Tap all creatures your opponents control. I couldn't even... My voice so cracked dumb. when I said that. I was so excited about it. Or draw a card. Or draw a card. <laughs> and yeah, so choose two of those, folks. And really, it's choose 
you know, counter target spell and one other, which is usually but, tap I mean, all let's creatures be your real opponents here. control. There is no bad choice on Cryptic <laughs> Command. Like any combination of nonsense you could do yeah. with this card is going to win you the, like, it's going to just swing the game in your favor in so many different ways, whatever card, you, any combo you pick, because it's just maybe one of the greatest cards ever made, like one of the most utility cards ever printed. Yeah. And if you can cast it, you should play it. If you own it, you should play it. I mean, it's Cryptic yeah. Command. Everybody knows what Cryptic Command is for a reason. Yeah. And there's a whole cycle of them, and we'll talk about another one in just a moment. This was the first command I ever saw, and I, I swear <laughs> I thought the card was a lie. I thought it was a made-up card that somebody was just like, yeah, oh, right? I guess what I got to do. No. And no, it's real. Yeah. And there's a full art version, which is just that little weird four-branching yeah. circle thing. I mean, it's thing. baller, dude. This card is great. Yeah. I, what do you say about one of the all-stars of the game? Except for the fact that this is only number two, which means we've still got our number ones. No, 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 no. I, I disagree yeah, well, with that, but My on. number one card <laughs> is, for EDH, in my opinion, the personal best command, and that is Austere Command for four and two white. It lets you choose two as well, because all the commands let you choose four. This one said, destroy all artifacts, or destroy all enchantments, or destroy all creatures with converted monocost three or less, or destroy all creatures with converted monocost four or greater. This is like, literally, when you're playing white, <laughs> this is your solve the problem card. This is what is the irritation yep. you have to deal with right now. Handle it. And it's amazing because it's so selective. It lets you, if, for instance, if you're playing, let's say, a soldier's deck that has a million 1717 token soldiers on it, you could say destroy all creatures with converted monocost four or greater so that all your tokens sit around and still sit there and go and hammer in. If they happen to have an enchantment that you just can't get around, you can use this and then kill their creatures too. I mean, this is seriously like one of the core <laughs> utility cards that is just so phenomenal. I mean, it's not as good in other formats, but in our format where there's so many wraths, so many needs to remove enchantments and artifacts and everything, this is just one of the perfect utility cards. Yeah, it's a really good card. I mean, it's it's my number it's one a for a really reason. This good card, card just it has <laughs> saved me in so many different games, so many different situations, and the choices are just so good. Like you, I mean, you can't go wrong. This will always get you out of a hole. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I don't use this card enough, and so maybe I am underrating it. I have to play it. Yeah, I mean, the thing and is, see, <laughs> I just I just know I use Cryptic Command in every deck. Well, yeah, that has exactly. Blue in it. But that's the thing. Yeah. Like Austere Command, it's like you look at it, and you're like, oh well. I mean, it just cleans the board a bunch of times. But this is Commander. Cleaning the board is the most important thing you can do, and you never know when somebody's going to have like one of those enchantments that just stops you from. You know, like, if you're playing against a group hug guy, this is great. Really, the fact that, and yeah, you can do all of these abilities for cheaper individually. It's the fact that you have the choice is what puts this at the top. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, Shivam, this is an awesome card. And in fact, if you look at edhrec.com and look for the number of decks each of the commands is in, and I didn't bother with any of the other commands because the next one is primal and Profane whatever. command is pretty good. Let's be real, but... 
Profane is pretty good, yeah. I, I was looking at that. That'll probably get included in a bunch of my black decks, too. The command cycle is worth looking at. And it, when it came back in Dragons of Tarkir... Those were also fantastic cards, too. Yeah. So Austere Command is in 13,217 wow. decks on EDHREC.com. And Cryptic Command is in a mere 11,178 wow. <laughs> But I mean, so, yeah, like, that's 2,000 yeah. decks. That's not, <laughs> not a small gap. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's just such uh, an all-purpose, perfect it's, card. It's probably the most popular command. The only, I think the only command mm-hmm. that's bad is actually just a red one, because Incendiary Command, it does damage to players or creatures. I mean, actually, you know what? Even a bad command is still a good command. Yeah, but not good enough to make the cut. No, especially since the fact that the... I mean, to prove the point, Amonkhet only had two commands in its invention cycle or whatever they call the masterpiece cycle, and those were austere and cryptic. The other three did not get cut. (laughs) They didn't get the callback, and that should tell you something about which cards matter. Yep. That's right. But what's your number one card, Phil? Well, my number one is not a command, believe it or not. It's, It's just a utility creature that... I use in pretty much every token deck that I create. So with those clues, I want our listeners to guess right now. And if they guessed Mirror Entity, they are correct. It's Mirror Entity 2 and a white for 1-1 one, one creature shapeshifter. It's a gross art. <laughs> it has Changeling. And this card is every creature type. That's what Changeling means. It has an activated ability, Shivam. Not that you'd want to use this one with uh, Rings of Brighthearth. For X, until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness X slash X and gain all creature types. So just to be clear, and I chose the new version of this so that I could have the, the clear oracle text. The base power and toughness of each creature, so that's that 1-1 in the bottom right corner for Mirror Entity, becomes whatever you spend on X. So if you spend 3, Mirror Entity and every creature you control becomes a 3-3 base power and toughness. That's important because if you have something like Rith out, Rith the Redeemed is a 6-6 flying dragon. Let's just say I'm pulling a hypothetical here. (laughs) And you spend 4 on X for Mirror Entity... Rith actually becomes a 4-4, not a 6-6. So you have to be really careful. The advantage is all of Rith's little 1-1 buddies, sapperling buddies, become 4-4's base power and toughness. Now, if you've got something like a Crater Hoof Behemoth out and you've blinked it or just cast it and you have the extra mana, then suddenly this gets like wildly out of control. And Mirror Entity has won me significant portion of the games that I play with Marath because Marath creates these 1-1 elementals. You can create XXs, but I only create 1-1s. And then I swarm in with Mirror Entity, and I can't tell you the number of times it's turned all of my little 1-1s into 7-7s, plus Anthem effects, plus other stuff. I just tried to do the math on what would happen with a swarm of tokens and Mirror Entity and Cut of Arms, because this is every creature type. And all of your guides would share every yeah. creature type and then yeah. become absurd? Would that just become like uncountable? Is that yeah. <laughs> you just like, yeah. I just win, just don't bother? Yeah. The, what's funny is I almost always ignore that because I'm always using, you know, all elementals or all, all sapperlings or something like that. But the fact that they all get those same things, Coat of Arms makes this a truly busted card. I've even spent like one or two on Mirror Entity's activated ability in order to get the benefit for Coat of Arms with all of my creatures. That is just so absurd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, the the art on this, I know you said it's kind of gross. It's really, really cool and freaky because it's hard to understand. It, it's this the main image is this little pot-bellied changeling type from Lorwyn, but it's reflecting a kithkin, and behind it, it's reflecting uh, one of the elementals. And one of the, well, I forget what they're called, the little elemental dudes, yeah. but... And then the belly of the other one shows another elemental being reflected, and it's not clear. Do the changelings see themselves as changelings, or do they see themselves as the other creature that they're becoming? Either way, they this all set get plus was one, plus secretly one, plus one. horrifying. <laughs> like, this set was seriously just creepy yeah. as hell in all sorts of weird ways. And I think folks have really just done a disservice of not paying attention to all the neat things in Lorwyn, except yep. commander players, because we know how many amazing things are in this set. And honestly, I think we should poke around and do a re-review of the other three sets in this too, because there's so many great cards in this block. Well, if we continue at our current pace, we'll get to this in 104 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so but, Morning Tide in 104 episodes, folks, yeah. in episode 219 of Commander, and we'll get to it. <laughs> so, by the way, Mirror Entity did inspire an entire D&D campaign of mine. Just oh, saying. that's creepy as hell. Yeah. All right. Well, those so, are our top five. And I would love to hear from our listeners what your top fives are. You guys should send us tweets and we'll uh, let you know our Twitter handles at the end of the show. But we would love to see what you guys love out of this block as well. Yeah. Or just write into cast at commander at mtg.com and let us know. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't hurt to repeat the Twitter address. It's commander and ah, yes. MTG. At commander and MTG. Please yeah. let us know. We would love to know because I want to make busted cards too. <laughs> busted combos. So we did ask our Patroni this morning if they had any suggestions. And of course, Andy Bentelay, he is a super patron and he suggested Doran the Siege Tower and his, as he put it, White Whale, the card that he really, really wants more than any other, is the World Champs 2007 version of Doran, which is a full art foil of Doran the Siege Tower. Wow, that's a cool card. So if anyone wants to give Andy a special deal please get in touch with us and we'll get you in touch with Andy and patron. And I uh, believe he is Lance Corporal Hunter Pruitt. He's back from basic training in the Marines. He survived and he's actually out by me. We're going to get together at the end of November. His favorite is goat napper. I which love is a this card. Crazy card for two and a red. You get a two, two goblin rogue. And it says, when Goatnapper enters the battlefield, untap target goat and gain control of it until end of turn. It gains haste until end of turn. It's super now, good against all the trading posts, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, against trading posts. And what he pointed out was, you know, this may not be the best commander card unless you have the ability to turn your opponent's creatures into all creature types, let's say, with wings of Velisvel or blades of Velisvel, et cetera, of Velisvel which is how he first encountered in it one of his first games of magic. <laughs> this guy plays Goatnapper, and he's like, why do you have Goatnapper? I have no goats. And it turned out he did because he was running Torian Mauler and uh, a bunch of other goats that are changelings. And then just in case he wasn't running goats, that's when the guy played Blades of Velis Vel and turned all of hunter's creatures into goats and then proceeded to blink goat napper until he recovered so until good. he took all of 
that uh, is hunter's so creatures. Stupid. Yeah, no, I mean, I love. <laughs> I, I was going to pick this card too, just because it's so much fun in the right kind of scenario to just be like, they're like goat napper. What? Why? <laughs> and then you're like, this is why, buddy. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you wreck them, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. This card makes me laugh. I haven't seen it in Commander yet, but if uh, you manage to build a deck, maybe we'll uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I don't know that I'd ever build my uh, Tribal Goat deck, but someday. <laughs> so we have a couple of minutes left, and we have some honorable mentions. So yeah, um, for honorable mentions, I chose Horde of Notions, which is the legendary elemental that cost Wooburg. And the main reason is because of the fact that this card exists solely to let people play five-color commander decks. Until recently, <laughs> we didn't really have that choice, and we didn't have that option. And I've never, ever seen anybody actually play a Tribal Elemental deck with this guy. But thank you, Crazy Donkey Man, for letting us play our five-color dreams <laughs> with our monocolor generals, even when we really shouldn't have. Well, what's, what's really neat is recently there have been so many more elementals printed in, a, in all of the colors that you could probably get away with a elemental tribal Horde of Notions deck. The deck that I have seen, though, use Horde of Notions is it uses that, that second ability, right? It, it's a 5-5 with Vigilance, Trample, Haste with activated ability Wooburg. You may play all five colors. That's what Wooburg means. You may play target elemental creature card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Sure. Andy Gutierrez, who is one of our listeners, not our patron, and he's actually local to me here. I've met him a couple of times at events. He plays a Horde of Notions deck, Shivam, that is entirely cycling. And That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah. And so he cycles away like all of these creatures and uh, then he uses recursion basically to bring it back. And some of those creatures, most of those creatures are elementals. So he is able to flop them back out. But it's not like he's playing elemental tribal. He's playing, if you will, cycling tribal. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah, no, Horde of Notions, it's a great card for letting you play decks that you wouldn't otherwise be able to play. What's your honorable mention, Phil? Mine is uh, Mosswort Bridge, a card that I have occasionally cut, occasionally forced myself to keep in. It's a land with hideaway, which means that when it enters the battlefield, it enters tapped, first of all, and you look at the top four cards of your library, exile one face down, then put the rest on the bottom of your library. So you're looking at the top four cards, choosing one, putting it underneath it, and then putting the rest on the bottom of your library. In the meantime, all of these hideaway lands, they tap for the color that you know they're associated with. So in this case, Mosswort taps for green. And if you pay green and tap it, you can then play the exiled card without paying its mana cost if, in this case, the condition is creatures you control have total power 10 or greater. All of the hideaway lands have a condition like that. Moss Warp Bridge is just the easiest to achieve, although the white land says if you attack with three or more creatures, you can do woo, right? <laughs> Gosh, how will that ever happen in Commander? Yeah. I, actually, I, it might, I might have that wrong. Let me check. No, this it quickly. does. Because uh, I was thinking about using the hideaway lands as well. It's just, it only does the four cards. And in a library of 100, that's a lot harder to, yeah. it's harder to hit with. But I mean, yeah, that's why the honorable mention and not the top five, right? 
This one, the classic that you're hoping for is an overrun or Crater of Behemoth or something like that <laughs> is underneath that. And then you're already attacking with probably 10 or more creatures and then you flop that on the board and oh. Yeah, I go to town. No, I love, yes. the, I love the Hideaway Land. Sheldock Isle is really, really good, but they're not as great in Commander just because you only get to look at the top four and that makes me a little little salty but i mean whatever yeah and i think the final honorable mention that i have is one of my favorite cards in this set it's super not really useful because of monocost and everything but it's elvish harbinger which for two and a green is a one two elf druid that lets you <laughs> tutor for an elf reveal it and put it on top of your library and then it taps for uh, one mana of any color so it's a mana elf that is also a tutor for an elf and in an elf deck you can mm -hmm. do so many amazing things with this card like for instance bring shaman of the pack to the top and then flop him down and go elf ball i win or any of a million other amazing elves you could do if you're running like you know the druidic uh, one from shadowmore that lets you devoted druid that lets you get the negative ones to go infinite you could do that this i mean it's a tutor you could do anything with a tutor yeah that's pretty nuts <laughs> and the fact that it was an uncommon elf tutor just kind of blows my mind but this card is pretty great. It's pretty underplayed because it doesn't really help much if you're not playing elves. But if you are, you really ought to put this into your deck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well. Well, it, it's almost the end of the show, isn't it, Shivam? Yeah. <laughs> so we like to talk about hosers at almost the end of the show. And Lorwyn is primarily a tribal set. So what hoses tribal sets or tribal decks more than any other type of card? austere command <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, see austere command does in fact work very well to counter the the prime strategy of this set so any kind of board wipe yep. wrath of god day of judgment etc this is great if you have somebody who's playing a lorwyn theme deck in your meta and that deck is kind of running rampant any consider kind of a board wipe. yeah <laughs> pyroclasm all of your sweepers all these things i mean lorwyn is such a tribal heavy deck any kind of tribal hate will help you out here mm -hmm. but the cards are just utility there's a lot of really great hidden gems in here and it's absolutely worth getting another look at absolutely well i guess that about wraths it up for Lorwyn, doesn't it? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> You're being so cryptic. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I am austere with my puns, but... <laughs> You're profane with your sometimes. puns, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm gonna stop it now. <laughs> Before this gets incendiary. Oh, snap! Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? Primal doesn't even fit, so I'm just... Yeah. You, <laughs> I defer to you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you rock for lasting this long with us and putting up with our, especially putting up with our puns at the end here. Thank you for hanging out with us. It feels really good to know that folks are out there. And every time we post an episode, we get so many comments and feedback. It's lovely. A special thanks to our patrons who show their support by donating to us so we can keep on improving the show. Each week we call out three of you. And this week it's the mysterious Dave, who just pledged $50 per month. Wow, that's, thank you so that's much. A, yeah, it's incredible, Dave. Thank you. And, oh, as a reminder to listeners, because Dave, of course, asked about this, we're going to give out the Lifelinker code that will allow anybody who's downloaded the Command Zones Lifelinker application, so you should find that, to use our logo. So go ahead and donate, and we will send out that code to all of our patrons. So... 
The next patron we want to call out is Henry Stukenborg, who is another super patron. We say Stukenborg, but he says Stukenborg. He's a super patron and a member of our $10 patron chat group on Facebook. And he's also the editor of the very fine site, edhrec.com. If you're not going there for your news, your articles, your they even post now podcasts that have episodes on both YouTube and RSS feeds, go there now. It's a great tool. It's not going to destroy your ability to brew decks or any other hyperbole that uh, folks who don't actually understand how to net claim. So head on over to edhrec.com. They're wonderful people. And finally, David Mitchell, who pledged at the buy a show level, Shivam. He bought an entire show. So he's going to be on a show with us and he has determined what it is we're going to talk about that show. And we've been working with him to figure out exactly what the agenda will be. We'll actually have a show plan up for that probably before I leave for China. And then we'll tune it over the next few weeks and we'll record it when I get back. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without their continued support and your continued support, dear listeners, we couldn't do this. So, uh, Shivam, you never get to take us out. So take <laughs> us out. At least I'll buy you dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you haven't taken us out since you were a guest on the show. Yeah. No, I mean, the listeners have been asking me to do a rap since... <laughs> For some Uh-oh. reason, and I actually have started to write part of one, but it's not <laughs> quite ready yet. And when it you is, you can't tease us oh, like that. Oh, it's gonna be Chivam. awesome, dude! I've been working on this for a minute, but today, though, unfortunately, we're just gonna have to go back to Commandery. <laughs> not always accurate, but always entertaining. Have a good one, and see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Go, Mandarin!